Hello and welcome to episode two of the Paleo Pet Raw podcast. I am your host, Jay Avery, and let's call this one Raw Feeding 101, an introduction to raw food. So this is intended for the audience that is doing some research, right? Trying to figure out what this whole raw thing is about. Maybe you've heard of it, um, but maybe you don't have like a single source of truth where you can go to and really have someone explain it to you. Maybe you're on the fence and you're ready to go, but you just want some clarification and you just want to understand what you're getting into. And Or maybe you are a current raw feeder who is enjoying the benefits of raw feeding but uh, and trying to share that with your friends and family, but they're, they're just not listening to you, right? Um, but maybe the, that those friends, those, the, those family members will listen to someone else, and so I'm here to articulate that for you and um, maybe give it a little structure. So... Let's just get into it. I don't really have a set agenda. I'm just going to start talking off the cuff, and I imagine this will spark some further conversation and some questions, so feel free to go to the source that you found this podcast on. Leave a comment. Um, if you're on Anchor, you can find us on Anchor um, forward slash Paleo Pet Raw and leave a voice message. We will go ahead and, um, again, probably spin off... Um, some clarification on any of these subjects that you guys need or um, we'll, we'll, you know, broaden the topic if needed. So let's go, let's get into it. What the heck is a raw diet? And I'm going to warn you, this is, I'm really passionate about this stuff. So I'm going to put an explicit on here because I might just go off and um, get real passionate and, and use some colorful wording. So what's a raw diet? A raw diet in its simplest basic definition is a, is a mixture of meat bone and organ in the ratios as if an animal would have eaten it in the wild and let let's clarify let's talk about a, a dog right now in this instance or its ancestor the wolf it's a combination of meat bone and organ in the proper ratios as if they were to eat it in the wild okay so i'm going to go back to my analogy about the whole pack thing that i did in my first podcast and so when you have a pack of animals, a pack of wild dogs or a pack of wolves, and they hunt and kill their prey, they do not set up a campfire and cook the nutrients away. They consume that, that prey right there in its purest, rawest form. And that what, what advantage does that give is it gives them the uptake of nutrients in its highest bioavailable form, which means that it's it's all there, it's all living. The amino, amino acids are alive, the omegas, threes and sixes and so on are untouched, you know, and the trace minerals and all that stuff. Is there the way Mother Nature intended them to, to eat, okay? Um, and why raw? Because that's what, they're carnivores. And that's, you know, their, their bone structure, their teeth structure is meant to crush and digest bone. Their digestive system has a high acidity, a pH of 1, to mitigate any sort of bacteria um, that would otherwise be harmful to maybe the human species, but but not to the dogs. And that's the way they've been, they've, they've been born to eat um, since their creation, right? So it's only since civilized society where, where marketing says, hey, fast, cheap, and easy, feed your dog cereal out of a bag for its entire life, and that's your key to health. It's only since then that they've they've brainwashed us to think otherwise, um, and and we really should be going back to nature. And this is what this whole movement's about. It's about it's about understanding the needs of your dog, and feeding them appropriately. And a lot of people call it raw. A lot of people might call it barf. Biologically appropriate raw feeding, um, uh, species appropriate diet, etc. etc. It's all it all comes down to to that kind of basic principle of 
let's feed our dog the way nature intended and I guarantee you're gonna have a healthier dog all right um, so what's not in raw food well what's not in raw food is all this other stuff all this processing all these salt sugars dyes um, artificial ingredients preservatives soluble carbohydrates right wheat soy and all that grains and all that crap that doesn't that has no business um, in, a, in a dog's diet at all um, but so that's what it's not and so a, a true like a, a complete raw diet really kind of mimics the alpha male and alpha females role in the wild and so back to that pack of dogs is um, really the pack is is be, remain strong because it's alpha dogs remain strong right and so when they hunt and kill their prey the alpha dogs um, get kind of first dibs right so they eat the proper ratios of meat bone and organ and all the nutrients they have they maybe take the stomach and they shake it out and eat some of the stomach lining for digestive enzymes um, and and that sort of thing and then they give the rest of the pack pickings and this guy might get you know a leg and this guy might get some muscle meat and and overall they might have a a, a, a balanced diet but maybe not all the time right um, and so the peop the the dogs that are going to get the best of the nutrients are those alpha dogs and what we as raw feeders try to do and us as a company try to do and we do in fact is that we mimic that alpha dogs diet in every single bite and that's the goal okay so we hit we have not only the way that they would have eaten in the wild but the way that the alpha dogs would have eaten in the wild and so it's a step up from that and that's really ultimately what you want to do um, when feeding this this way all right so let's let's kind of kind of back up a little and, and understand like okay we have a now a base understanding a, a really high level basic understanding of what a raw diet is and what it consists of and what the goals are but to truly understand I guess the benefits and the standout is to back up and think about what is not in a raw diet and I, I explained some of the things it's not salt sugars dyes grains blah 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 okay but we have to understand the current state of commercial pet food to really understand the detriment that we're causing to our animals so let's just talk about labels, for example. So in commercial big box food, there are a few ingredients, and I'm gonna focus in on like two or three of them. And so one of the main ingredients in, in that is advertised to us as a society is protein, right? And um, what you don't know is that mo most of this commercial pet food is sources very dangerous protein and and it's a it's a really sad fact so let's talk about that first label protein if you've heard of the term 4d meats that 4d uh, refers to dead dying disabled and diseased animals 4d meats and the reason that 4d meats is such a hot item I guess in the commercial world is because 4d meats are the cheapest commodity right and so what are we talking about here? We're talking about, and this is gonna get kind of graphic, but we're talking about dead, dying, diseased, disabled animals, livestock, you know, the, the, 
the animals that are dying and, and are not safe for human consumption or dairy cows that might have tumors and things like that and then these animals get stuck in a pile until they're you know when they're dead and and they're in this pile and you know out on the pasture until they get picked up okay those animals are then picked up and used as raw materials for your dog food and they call that protein all right but let's go beyond those sick those sick horses and those 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 that sick livestock and talk about something even scarier that no one no one really talks about is that protein isn't limited to just livestock okay euthanized dogs and cats yes you heard that right euthanized dogs and cats are also and have also been historically used as protein and pet food so not only do we have this livestock but then we have these euthanized dogs and cats that you know were sick or died for some reason and if their owner didn't cremate them or pick them up and bury them themselves they stayed in the veterinary facility and got put in a freezer or at the animal animal shelter and again those dogs and cats will get picked up and used for raw material if you really want to and I, I warn you when you're looking this stuff up if you really want to know the, the, the real truth about this, just look up a rendering company in your area, um, a pet food rendering company in, in your area. I live in the greater San Diego County of California, um, and we have a Southern California rendering company called West Coast Rendering, um, and I'll just leave it at that. Okay, so uh, I, again, I warn you, some of this stuff's really graphic, but I'll get into a little bit of it, um, but you can't unsee this stuff if you go and look for it. So. Um, Literally, what rendering companies do is they go around to the the facilities to pick up these 4D meats, your euthanized dogs and cats and your horses and your sort of thing. And they pick them up and they bring them to what looks like kind of like a junkyard. It's just a dirt yard a lot of times in the in out in the, you know, an industrial area. And they just dump them right there in, in the sun and, and not... Um, you know with no protection from the elements or anything like that um, the meat's not cleaned or anything like that and then at some point after it's been out um, in the elements for an ungodly amount of time um, they use their equipment to render that stuff for um, raw ingredients for pet food and they call it protein and ultimately what, it, what happens is on that bag of food if you're buying a really big box commercial brand of food they won't identify that protein on the bag so they're not going to tell you that it's it's you know it's sparky or it's you know it's it's your those euthanized dogs and cats or it's a dead horse or it's a it's a diseased pig that had a tumor or something like that what they're gonna do is just on the label they're gonna put animal protein and that's a big red flag that just means that we're not gonna tell you what it is it's just animal protein it could be one of these it could be a mixture of all of them we threw them all at the same time I don't know but that's what literally guys that's what that stuff is and it's I'm not making this up this is I mean this is things that that aren't brought to light very often and it's not very uh, talked about but this is common practice guys so if you have the words animal protein that's unidentified on your bag throw that shit out all right so that's just one of the ingredients let's let's go talk about another ingredient well let's talk about the makeup of a kibble first so the makeup of a kibble is this is that kibble's not all meat, obviously, right? Because um, uh, protein's always the most expensive commodity. But 
if you put kibble through an extrusion process to I mean if you put meat through an extrusion process to try to make a kibble it doesn't hold together so you need to, to combine that protein with some sort of binder and typically they'll advertise it on the front of the bag in pretty little pictures you know um, beautiful ears of corn and shiny blueberries and and sparkling apples and things like that all this fresh produce or maybe some rice and barley I don't know all this stuff that doesn't even need to be on your dog anyways but let's just talk about like that produce string for example um, so if you think about your favorite grocery store and you go and buy an apple or a banana one day and day after day and year after year you come back and everything looks so fantastic right but do you really think that day after day week after week they're selling every single banana in that stack or every single apple in that stack absolutely not I mean I sometimes I bring fruit home and uh, it's bad after three days and it starts emulsifying and it's disgusting right so think about the amount of waste that 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 one grocery store has then think about your entire city, then your entire county, then your entire state. And then think about like what happens to that food. Well, some of it goes to a food bank when it's still human edible. But the stuff that really gets rancid and the stuff that's the corn that's really starts molding and growing bacteria and um, and maybe other like, uh, you know, opportunistic pets and stuff like pests and stuff like that. All that crap gets thrown in the, in the dumpster. All right. And guess who comes to the rescue and picks that stuff up at little to no cost? That's right, your rendering company. And then they take that to your pet food manufacturing company, and now that that those that molded corn and those those raw, that rotting fruit and all that produce, that disgusting crap that has no business being in anywhere but the garbage or being used as compost or something, is now the binder or filler and it could be 60 to 80 percent of the makeup of your kibble of your dog food they take that they mix it with the protein they throw it through an extruder they heat it up at high temperatures and then they make little pretty kibbles okay and <clears throat> let's look at that end product just right now just from these two ingredients that we're talking about we're talking about these 4d meats that were were made from these sick animals that were probably very sick like the, especially like the the ones that were euthanized were very sick before they got euthanized and who knows how with how many chemicals they were treated with right and then then of course the euthanasia drug phenobarbital or whatever you call that then it's heated up and it could have it could make those chemicals more toxic so you're already square one feeding something that you have no idea what the toxicity levels are or the chemical makeup is of that base protein because no one questions the labeling no one questions what's on that bag they just say hey it's real animal protein well rats are real animal protein and so are all these 4d meats they're real animal protein but what kind of danger are you getting yourself into when you're when you're feeding that to your animal right what kind of danger is your animal getting into and then all of this rancid rotting produce and and that sort of thing binded binded together to make this rancid probably most disgusting pelletized thing on earth and so now you've got those two ingredients but you're you've you've got 
a thing that's so disgusting that no one's going to eat it, so you've got to make it palatable. And probably what's the most palatable thing for dogs? Probably fat, right? Same with kind of kids. Like, most palatable things for kids are like sugar and fat, right? So, there, here comes another label on your, on your um, bag, and it just says animal fat. And again, here we are with another label that's unidentified. Animal fat. What animal? Don't know. How many animals? No idea. Okay. Where does this animal fat come from? Well, this <laughs> the animal fat, if you think about a restaurant and they cook up burgers and hot dogs and, and, I don't know, all the stuff that they cook up on their flat top, that grease has to go somewhere. It definitely doesn't go down the drain and clog up their drains. It goes into a grease trap. And that grease trap, who empties it? Well, of course, your heroic food rendering company comes and empties those grease traps. They bring it to the manufacturing company, and the manufacturing company sprays that restaurant grease trap grease and fat all over your pet food. Okay, now it's palatable. And now when you throw it in that bowl, your dog loves it. And not only does your dog love it, your dog develops an addiction to it. And that's why when you want to sometimes, maybe every so often you decide to try to switch them from that big box dog food to a higher grade brand and they don't like it. Because why? Because it's not made with those type of ingredients. And so you go back and you say, well, my dog loves this food, so I'm going to keep them on it. Well, kids love Snickers and cereal and fruit roll-ups. But and, and soda, but that's not what you're going to create their main diet out of, is it? But that's what you're doing to your dog. You know what I mean? And so if you think about like raising an animal and raising a child, well, think about if you've, if you've got a newborn to an infant to a toddler and you raise this child on nothing but Snickers bars and Burger King and McDonald's and all that stuff, the, do the child will grow and, and, and they will develop. And by about 12 years old, they'll probably have diabetes. And for the rest of their adult life, they're probably not going to have a good quality of life and they'll probably die prematurely. But people don't understand that that's exactly what we're doing to our animals. We are feeding them highly, 100% highly processed, highly toxic, highly dangerous food that is killing them slowly, right? You, you, you talk about maybe a half or a quarter of the lifespan of a child that was raised on inappropriate feeding, but we don't get that we're, we're getting the same results when we're feeding our animals that. Dogs shouldn't be seniors at five and six years old. They shouldn't be laying around the house and limping around at eight and nine years old. Their genetic potential is much greater than that, but we are ruining and we are taking that life and that vitality away from them and the quality of life for those years that they're here, for those very short years that they're here, because we just don't, we don't make the correlation between their health is directly related to the nutrition that we're giving them, and that the nutrition that the, that the, that the market is telling us to give them is completely inappropriate, dangerous, and completely absurd. And so, it's some fucked up shit. And, and that's why we're so passionate about what we do, is because we're just here to educate. We don't care if you don't buy from us. In fact, we're we're too small of a company for everyone to buy from us. We wouldn't be able to keep up and we don't have any distribution. We're just a mom and pop shop. But fucking feed your dog right. <laughs> what you got to realize is the the commercial pet food industry is a 
byproduct of the human waste industry. It's, it's, it's the things that we waste. It's the animals that die. It's the, it's the products. It's the produce that we don't sell. It's the fat that's sitting in the restaurant grease traps. It's all this stuff. And that's just the tip of the iceberg. I mean, I've only talked about three ingredients. I'm not going to even get into why they're filling it with rice and brewer's rice that has been used from beer companies and all this stuff that has nothing to do with a dog's diet at all. I mean, if corn, if rice and that stuff had anything to do with your dog's diet, then we'd have an epidemic. We'd have a problem with farmers trying to shoot coyotes and um, and and dogs and, and wolves and stuff. But are the dogs and wolves in the wild hunting rice paddies and cornfields? No. They're not annihilating cornfields by the, by the acre, right? What are they doing? They're hunting their prey. They're hunting their game. They're hunting what nature intended them to hunt, which is meat, all right? So... I mean that's the current state of pet food and it, and it's just scary and it's and, and it really is the truth and it and it sucks to to finally understand that but I think the more people that we educate at least at least we can give those, those these animals a fighting chance to to one have a better quality of life to live longer I mean just imagine like for those of you who have had dogs that are ve that were very close to them and just think about that feeling that you had when they passed and think about if you could have gotten another year another two years another five years of that dog right and not only that but five vital years five energetic years that's what we're after guys that's what we're doing here okay um so i mean that's that's really what it is and what what, what ends up being the benefit is is that it's life it's ultimately time and that's something that we can never pay for right but we can do it here if, if you've ever if you were ever looking for the fountain of youth in this case we've got it because what we're doing now is such a high level of metabolic stress to that dog that that dog is literally fighting for its life every single day that you put that poison in its mouth those labels the animal protein that's unidentified the animal fat that's identified and all this other bullshit that they're putting in these bags those bags should be just labeled with skulls and crossbones because that's all it is you're just feeding your dog poison all right so let's talk about some of the benefits that you'll you'll besides time which is the most important that you're going to experience so you're going to experience whiter teeth right because you're not getting crumbs and stuff that just sit there in the mouth when you're feeding like living foods right they tend to kind of break down themselves naturally um you are going to get sparkly, sparklier, sharper eyes. You're going to get just a sharper mindset. You're going to get higher energy. Your dog's going to develop a waistline and look nice and lean. Um, and um, I think people are just used to seeing fat dogs in America. And so, you know, your dog's going to lean out. Your dog's going to have a better muscular structure, right? And, and puppies are just going to have a higher level of development and cognitive skills. And all this stuff is tried and true. And and um, better skin, better coat, better breath, better everything, just better life, period. Okay? What are the things that you see now? What are, you, what are the things that you see now when you're feeding commercial diets? You're seeing low energy. You're seeing lethargic dogs. You're seeing dogs that, man, I mean, it's sad. But I've seen, we've been on hikes with dogs that are one year, two years old. With my 11-year-old large breed, 110-pound German Shepherd, that's 11 years old. And he'll hike for three hours and run 100 yards forward and run 100 yards back and he'll run 100 yards forward and 100 
run 100 yards back and in a three mile hike for us he probably hiked five miles running around and running circles around these puppies that should have way more energy and sometimes we see four and five year olds that should have way more energy and my dog they, they're always asking what, what are we doing what are we doing we're just feeding right right we're just feeding appropriately how how mother nature intended them to eat and this guy, he can he can do this, outrun these puppies. These puppies will be just trying to get under a tree and get some rest. After that hike, he'll jump in the lake and he'll swim for 20 minutes trying to catch fish or whatever the heck he's doing in the lake. And then he'll bug me for the rest of the night because he's just got that much kind of energy. And that's really what they should be doing. Dogs are nomads. Dogs are, you know, they're meant to run, you know, walk and forage and, and, and travel 20, 30 miles a day. Not sit there like a doormat, right? But that's what we expect because that's what we come to believe because that's what we've seen historically in dogs that have been generationally inappropriately fed. And it sucks. Um, <clears throat> your dog's probably drinking way too much water too. You know, if your dog is drinking a bowl of water a day or, or, or more, then that's got to be a sign. But I don't think... I, I think most of us don't understand that. Dogs that are kibble-fed are, are t mostly suffering from chronic low-grade dehydration. What happens when you feed kibble to a dog is that, um, that the, 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 first of all, the body doesn't know what the hell to do with it because it's foreign to the body. So it tries to go after the kibble and it's like, ah, oh, what do we do with this? Oh man, it's just dry food. So now the body takes its own moisture stores to try to rehydrate this food in an attempt to digest it, okay? And this process could take anywhere, you know, from as long as 72 hours, all right? And what's that doing then? It's 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 taking moisture from its body to try to digest this food that's foreign to it, and then it just poops its poops it out anyway so now you've got a little dog that looks like it's shit like an elephant okay and your dog's drinking all the time drinking all the time and always thirsty why because it's depleting its own moisture to try to rehydrate something that it shouldn't even be eating in the first place let's look at the opposite side of that and let's look at a raw fed dog well in nature there wasn't always a river or a stream that the carnivores could could drink from right so uh, the majority of the amount of their their moisture came from their food and that's the biggest advantage well, one of the very biggest advantages to feeding a raw diet is that it's moisture rich and so um, since a majority of the moisture came from their food dogs who eat a raw diet are completely hydrated cats that are eat a raw diet are completely hydrated literally like I put a saucer, and I'm talking, I don't know, I can fit maybe two ounces in that saucer of water out for my cats, and they don't even get to it before it's evaporated. I mean, literally, it evaporates faster. I don't, I'm maybe for two cats, I that saucer of water lasts a month, you know? And my dog, same deal, right? So, and I never have to worry about putting water in the bowl because there's always water in the bowl because he's never at the bowl. Um, and so that's just one of the many benefits and one of the, like one of the true signs that hey you're you're not even you're feeding inappropriately and this is what you're doing to your dog your dog suffers from chronic low-grade dehydration and it's stressing out every single day you're causing this metabolic stress over and over because you're making your dog fight against its own food every single time you put food in that bowl and he puts food in his mouth and over time 
you know, you can you can tell me all you want about my dog does great on this food. My dog does great on this food. Sure, because your dog's a puppy, because your dog's two years old. But then by the time your dog's four and five, start slowing down. And by the time he's six, he's considered a senior, and that's acceptable to you, and that's unacceptable to me. And so, again, that's why I'm so passionate about this, guys, because this all can be deterred. This, this all can be mitigated by just simply feeding appropriately. Okay? So, uh, you know, I don't know. You know, and, and, uh, and, and there's an argument, well, raw is dangerous. Why? Right? I, I told you in the beginning, you know, dogs were designed to eat raw meat. Well, raw is dangerous for me. So suddenly, people think that feeding raw to their dogs is dangerous for them. But those same people will will buy raw chicken from the grocery store and prepare it for the family barbecue. Or buy raw steaks and throw those on the grill, right? You've handled raw meat before in your life. Are you dead yet? Did you die? But now suddenly if you feed your dog you're, you, the same kind of thing that you're putting yourself at an unnecessary risk, how? The tolerances for for pet food in this in the raw form are much greater like the the scrutiny put put against those those tolerances are much greater than the food at that at the grocery store I, I'm talking like thousands of percents you know what I mean when when I I don't know the exact numbers but I know that you we the FDA won't tolerate like a 1% salmonella in raw food for dogs but they'll tolerate 18% in raw food for humans because they understand that's going to be cooked. But that same raw food is being handled by the same people. So, unless you're handling raw food and then you're licking your fingers like an idiot, then, you know, people who are morons just need to get sterilized from the gene pool, and that's on you. You know what I mean? Um, but if you use common sense and you and you feed right you 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 wash your dishes you clean your bowls you wash your hands you sanitize your surfaces that come in contact with with the with the food and and you're not there french kissing your dog right after he eats then hell you're 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 in pretty good shape okay common sense guys don't let don't let the media scare you because this this media is funded by the commercial pet food companies that are are realizing that people are starting to wake up and and hopefully this this cast here helps you um, wake up a little bit too so just feed right guys I mean that's all we're here for and, and I hope this this sparks some interest I hope this gives you some a little bit of passion I hope this gives you a kick in the ass um, to go throw your shit food away and, and go get some, you don't have to buy from us again just we're just here to give you the information you make the right decision for you and your family if there's any questions beyond this please leave a comment um, on any of the media sources that you find this at and we'll definitely make some spin-off videos but I think that's a good start um, I'm sure there's much more conversation to be had and I'm looking forward uh, to having those with you guys in future casts you guys have a great day and uh, be kind to animals all right see you later